Welcome to Crime and Spirits, your new favorite true crime and cocktail podcast. I'm your host, Bree. And I'm your other host, Suze. We're best friends who are obsessed with true crime, and we love a good themed cocktail. So we took our two favorite things and turned them into a podcast. Every Sunday, we release a new episode covering a different case or topic of interest. I'm the resident bartender here at Crime and Spirits, so every time we get together, I mix up a drink that ties into the episode in some way, shape, or form, and then I teach you how to make one for yourself. That way, you can sip right along with us. We like to keep things conversational around here, so expect some tangents on occasion, as well as some cursing here and there. Think of us as a cross between Dateline and Girls' Night. So, come hang out with us every week while we learn a little something new together. We'd love to chat with you about whatever, really, but mostly true crime. You better buckle up, Buttercup. And sip tight. Let's get on with the show. Woo! Hello, and welcome back to Crime and Spirits. We are your hostesses with the very mostesses. My name is Bree. And I'm Sue. And we are experiencing another dreary day here in Erie, PA. So, I can't think of a better way to spend the evening. Indoors with a cocktail, yes, yeah. please. Talking about some true crime, absolutely. So hopefully you guys are having better weather wherever you are. It wouldn't take very much. It's, it's in the thirties and rain, <laughs> sleet, snowing. Right it's now. allegedly springtime, but Lies. you know, poor, or like poor flowers and stuff are like, no, what did we do? <laughs> you grew an eerie. You tricked us. We had that one very nice week that was like seventy to eighty degrees mm-hmm. every day, like nice. beautiful sunshine, and now this. Uh, it makes it easier to stay inside and do work. I True. will say that. It's garbage. <laughs> I've gotten a lot done in the last couple of weeks, so there's garbage. that. <laughs> Which is good because we have a big old case we're tackling mm-hmm. this week and next week. Ah, another two-parter. Yeah, we've got another two-parter coming at you. Because, you guys, we're going to be discussing the murder of Heyman Lee. There's been... A lot of interesting movement happening in the case as of late. So it just kind of felt like the right time to tackle this one. And as you know, there is a shit ton of things and information and evidence and all this stuff to wade through. So there's no physical way to put this in one episode. Not even remotely. So just in case you're not familiar with what we're talking about, on January 13th, 1999, 18-year-old Heyman Lee was reported as missing by her family. Just under a month later, her body was discovered in a park. Authorities hone in on her ex-boyfriend, Adnan Zayed, after anonymous phone calls suggest they do so. Adnan ultimately gets arrested and then subsequently convicted. And then the podcast that launched a thousand podcasts Mm -hmm. hit the airwaves in 2014. We're talking about none other than Serial. It was my first true crime podcast that I listened to. Mark and I listen to it while we repainted our bedroom nice for our anniversary weekend (laughs) the one year what's fun so it was it was a lot of fun and it's a really great podcast the host is incredible so not only was it entertaining but what was discussed on that particular podcast really shed some light on the investigation into Hay's death and then suddenly not everything seems so black and white anymore I don't know. This case is really interesting to me. And like I said, there's just so much out there. And we're not even going into like all the teeny tiny little microscopic details. And it's still got to be a two-parter. Because I think Serial did 
13 parts. Yeah. Plus, I think they had stuff. Mm -hmm. I think 13 to 15. It is a lot. We could probably talk about it for that long. Honestly. (laughs) But that's not what we're getting into today. Maybe someday down the road, we're going to have to revisit this one and like really, really deep dive it because I wouldn't mind getting into it. But for now, we're just going to stick to our usual vibe. We're going to get into the background and all those involved. We're going to get into Hayes' disappearance and then how Adnan became a suspect in the first place. Then next week, we're going to get into the trial and the many, many appeals. So many appeals. As is tradition, I've noticed. Yeah. Doing the research, though, I was like, there's actually some movement back and forth in this case. So that, to me, makes it incredibly interesting. As of a week ago. Mm -hmm. As As of this recording. Yeah, this Mm -hmm. afternoon. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) As of this recording. So... As per usual, here's your warning. This case will involve the discussion of strangulation and of murder. Just a heads up before we get too deep into things. This story is well known, so I'm sure most of you have heard at least some of the details by this point. But you guys know that we do our best to stay respectful to the victims and the families of all of those involved. We go into the creation of this podcast with nothing but the best of intentions. We just want to hang out with you and talk about what we've learned. Well, having a delicious cocktail. Yep, that doesn't hurt when I talking lo- about murder and mayhem. Yes, absolutely. Makes it easier. So if you find that you like our vibe, make sure that you're following us on Facebook and Instagram. You can find us at Crime and Spirits Pod. We're over on Twitter, too. You can find us at Crime Spirits Pod. If you'd like to become a monthly supporter of Crime and Spirits, all you got to do is click the link in the description of this episode. No, no, don't click it. <laughs> Smash, Smash it. Smash it. Damn. If that's not your jam, please consider leaving us a rating and or review on whatever service you're listening to you're listening to us on. You know, we'll love you forever. We will. Mm-hmm. It does go a long way in helping us be found more organically it does. too. So helps get us out there a little bit. We appreciate it. Yeah. With all that being said, let's, let's get, get into drinks. the cocktail portion. Mm, mm, mm. So everyone knows the story of Adnan Syed's trial, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Or do you? maybe anyways we're talking about the case this week and next so i wanted to come up with a cocktail with some variations you know i like to stay in the same theme of things if i can so this week's cocktail is a take on a black-eyed susan which if you didn't know is the official drink of the preakness steaks which actually is run in maryland Hmm. Mm. who knew i'm not a horse racing person People always want to watch the Kentucky Derby at work, and mm-hmm. I'm like, I remember here's my your gross there. mint julep. Everybody crowd around <laughs> the TV for what two minutes, and then it's over. I didn't even know what that was until mm-hmm. you told me just now. So, oh yeah, <laughs> but the Preakness is one of the Triple Crown. Oh, okay. okay. Caveats. So it's the Preakness, the Kentucky Derby, and the Belmont Stakes. Oh, I went down a rabbit hole learning about. This. <laughs> I see. <laughs> It just so happens that a black-eyed Susan is also a flower. Hmm. In fact, it's the state flower of Maryland, which is where <laughs> our case takes place. So that's how my brain got to where the, we are now with the cocktail we're making. In case you were wondering, the 148th Preakness will be run on Saturday, May 20th this year. Oh. The day before that is coincidentally called Black-Eyed Susan Day. They have a whole big shebang Really? About it. People are nuts for horse racing. We're going to have to like do some Googling around that time. Yeah. Girl. Interesting. I went down a very deep rabbit hole. (laughs) So the official story of the Black Eyed Susan, the cocktail, is that it made its debut at 
Pimlico Racecourse, which is where the Preakness Stakes is run the third Saturday in May every year huh. for 148 years, pretty much. I think the only time <laughs> it was changed was due to COVID. Oh, they yeah, ran that it makes in sense. October instead of mm. May. They'd be fucking shit up. <laughs> so this drink was made during the 1973 race. It was originally created by Harry Stevens, whose catering company had been the food provider at the track for a very long time. He and his team wanted to create a special cocktail that took on the color of the black-eyed Susans. This, coincidentally, is because the winning horse is draped with a blanket of yellow flowers that are dabbed with black lacquer to recreate the flower's very specific appearance. The more you know. So they also wanted their cocktail to pair well with the Maryland-style crab cakes that are frequently served at the track. It was all coming together now. So sometimes the recipe changes slightly when the liquor company sponsoring the event changes because it really is all about the money. We're going to make a different version next week, but the recipe for today seems to be the closest to tradition that I could find. This is another one where once I started Googling it, there were about 100 different recipes, (laughs) different alcohols, different mixers, basically whatever you're feeling. Mm. This recipe is not only easy to put together, but it will also look very pretty. And I actually do love Black Eyed Susan the flower. So I feel like I'm going to like the drink too. I just Googled it because I wanted to have a reference. And it's a very pretty it's flower. Pretty. It's yellow it looks with like a big a, black center. Yeah, it looks like a sunflower almost. Mm-hmm. Kind of like a, if a daisy and a sunflower had a baby. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I can get down with that. Right? So now that you've had your history lesson for today, <laughs> on to the drink making part. So this drink is super easy to put together. We just put it together in a Collins glass, the finished product. Feel free to use whatever suits your fancy or whatever you've got on hand. If you'd prefer to build your drink right in your glassware, you can do that. But I think it makes it better if you add everything to a shaker first, shake it, and then strain it over fresh ice. It just mixes it a little more thoroughly, in my opinion. More combined, if you will. Like one cohesive cocktail. Yes. So once your trusty shaker tin is filled up with ice, add one ounce of Pinnacle Vodka or whatever vodka you want, Mm -hmm. one ounce of Bacardi Rum, three quarters of an ounce of triple sec or any orange flavored liqueur. Um, And finally, add one ounce each of pineapple and orange juices. Shake all that up till it's nice and frothy and then just strain it over fresh ice into your glassware. We garnished ours with a pretty slice of orange and a maraschino cherry. Hmm. Interesting. I think it would be a good summary. I was thinking summary too, because it's bright yellow. Mm-hmm. It's like a very pretty yellowy orange color. I thought the pineapple would be more prominent, but it's really very, not. very, uh, very subtle, light. Subtle, yeah, yeah, very subtle. And again, I like it. If you want more juice, less booze, whatever mm-hmm. floats your boat. Don't feel constrained to the recipe that we have made up. It doesn't taste very boozy, Mm-mm. but it is. Yeah, it is. I watched her make it. It's punchy, <laughs> punchy, punchy. Maybe that explains why everybody gets all buck wild at those horse races. That's probably it. <laughs> it's all that alcohol. It's that and like the energy of all the. I would imagine it would be a very interesting event live. I don't know. Horse racing is weird to me. I, I could get really down know. with some really weird hats. I do like, I like that. I don't know if the Preakness has like a hat thing. Hmm. I didn't get that far. I was more interested in what Black Eyed Susans had to do with any of these <laughs> things. Yeah, that's interesting. Huh. Somewhere you know. And here we are. Yeah, the rainbow. Where's LeVar Burton? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> All right. So 
cocktails in hand shots if you need them yeah and water <laughs> as a backup i was gonna say we've also got a <laughs> bottle of water we are ready to go yeah so we're gonna start things off by getting to know Heyman lee she was born in south korea on october 15th 1980 when she was 12 years old hey emigrated to the u.s with her mother and her brother more specifically they settled in maryland huh. in case you didn't can yeah. figure that out Hay went to school at Woodlawn High in Baltimore County. There, she was a part of a magnet program with about 30 other students. She was incredibly bright. She was on the honor roll and was set to graduate high school with honors. Not only did she excel in her classwork, but she was also active in a handful of after-school activities. She was a lacrosse and field hockey player on top of actually managing the boys' wrestling team. She did compete at a varsity level in both lacrosse and field hockey, it should be noted. Mm -hmm. She participated in the Ecology Club, the French Club, and Students Against Destructive Decisions. Sad. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Hay also held down a part-time job at Lens Crafters, which, considering she wanted to be an optician someday, this was the perfect gig for her. Basically, this girl was like Wonder Woman. I don't know how she managed to do all that. I'm tired just reading about it. I have done nothing today, and I'm exhausted. <laughs> it's been a long day. <laughs> it, it really has. But she was just so active. She had so much going on. And also, Students Against Destructive Decisions. I know. I've never heard of sad. I've heard <laughs> mad, Mothers Against Drunk Driving. Yeah. But we did not have a sad. I wonder what that was like. School. Not that it matters. Anyway. <laughs> I get, like, brain takes me on the weirdest tangent sometimes. It's true, though. If anybody knows, feel free to tell us. Yeah, I would be curious. curious. They didn't have, if they did have that at my high school, I was not aware of it. There was a lot happening at your high school with 5,000 students. (laughs) It was awful. (laughs) 552 in my graduating class alone. Mine was, like, 123 or something ridiculous. Nonsense. I think that Woodlawn was more similar to what you had experienced, because people seem to really know each other a lot more mm-hmm. than, like, I I have no idea who the majority of my graduating class was. Right. I don't know. Hay was somebody who was very well liked by her peers. So, like, she probably knew everybody. Mm-hmm. A little social butterfly. She had a very cheerful disposition. She was described as one of those rare people you meet in life who's always happy, always joyful, and full of love. She was incredibly passionate about everything that she did you'd have to be with all those activities absolutely um at the funeral the assistant lacrosse coach Susie twig actually spoke to her passion she said quote she grew into a leader she was a dedicated player and she was mad if you weren't too which i just find so adorable i know and then heartbreaking i know all of it rolled into one mm-hmm. um sarah koning Koenig? Koenig. Koenig of Serial described Hay as cheerful and light and funny, that she loved the movie Titanic. She wasn't insecure seemingly ever. She could charm you without trying. She was a good friend to her friends. She took in their problems and their pain and tried to help them if she could. And that was a direct quote. Hay really did love her friends. She spent her free time socializing with the other kids in her program, as well as people at work. How did she have any time for her social life? Again, Wonder Woman. And, you know, it really made sense. You know, these kids spent a lot of time together. So, of course, they would kind of tend to stick together. They kind of made their own group within. I think Sarah 
Koenig on Serial described it as like a school within a school. Mm -hmm. So I get it. They all took the same classes. They all got close. They'd hang out after school. And of course, like most Mm -hmm. groups in school like this, they all dated each other. And this is where Adnan comes into play because he was a part of this group too. So was Aisha Pittman, Hay's best friend. Aisha was there for Hay through all the ups and downs of the relationship she had with Adnan. The way they got together is almost straight out of a Freddie Prince Jr. movie. <laughs> this, made me, this made me think of She's All That. Yes. Because we did just watch Jamie French do yes. that not that long ago. And I was like, girl, bye. And one of my favorite movies is Not Another Teen Movie, mm-hmm. which is like the spoof of all of those. Right. So Adnan and his friend, they were in this like weird competition um, where the winner was whoever managed to land the prettiest date to the junior prom. So not, like, inherently nefarious, but, like, also... Thank goodness. Weird. But, you know, teenage boys, what are you going to do, I guess? It was the late 90s. Things... It was a different time, It was a completely... (laughs) I was just going to say the 90s was just a wild time. Oh, no. So, um... Somebody was actually had like suggested to Adnan that he should ask Hay. So, you know, he did. And that's kind of where she was a very pretty girl. She was. She's mm-hmm. gorgeous. And she's got the personality, tens across Literally the Literally Wonder Woman. So there's an excerpt from Hay's diary written on April twenty-seventh, which was the date of that fateful school dance. Mm-hmm. She actually wrote about her night with Adnan. Quote, I swear he's the sweetest guy. Let me tell you why. He was prom prince and Stephanie was prom princess. And traditionally, they're supposed to dance together to my song, which (laughs) this part makes me chuckle every time I hear it. Casey and JoJo's All My Life. To be a teenager in the 90s, that was the jam. Girl, I'm telling you what. Um, She said, I tried to act natural and unjealous, but it did kind of bother me. Ten seconds later, guess who danced with me and not Stephanie Adnan. Oh, And that was all it took. Hay was absolutely smitten by the end of the night. She went on to say, quote, now, how can I not fall in love with this guy? Of course, I gave him his first kiss on the lips. Then I totally fell in love with him. Since then, I keep on falling deeper and deeper into him. The bad thing is we have to keep things secret. Sigh. But it's okay because love conquers all. What a teenage girl's diary entry. Am I right? (laughs) And it's so happy and Mm -hmm. full of hope and Mm -hmm. well and what's interesting and we'll see this kind of going through probably more so next week but like Hayes diary played a really big role but it didn't it didn't lend to the prosecution's case really because by the end of it they painted Adnan and like Hayes relationship as this as one thing and according to the diary it wasn't quite to the level in which they wanted it to right. be. But it was really interesting because it was truly a time capsule of the inner workings of her of her mind while oh, going yeah, through sure. this time in her life. Which, it makes me sad, though, that her diary... It always breaks my heart when diaries get put into these things. I understand I how they can be, like, really helpful and, it's, you know, informative, but... And here we are, but it's really not meant for public consumption. There's something so, about the diary specifically that really just, like... It's very personal, yeah. especially at that age. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's it's the one thing you have that's yours. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> it's a bummer. So, like, 
Hay mentioned, they had to keep things secret. And that mm. kind of stands out a little bit, right? Because it seems a little odd for, you know, 16, 17 years old, 18. And the thing is, Hay wasn't exaggerating by any means. The two of them 100% had to hide the fact that they were in a relationship with each other. Now, both of them grew up with immigrant parents. So that kind of lends to its own experience of growing up in America, which mm-hmm. we can't speak on Not in any a, way, shape, even or form. A little bit. But from the research that we've seen, one thing that Adnan specifically said is that he liked that they had that shared experience of strict expectations. You know, school was number one, taking care of your family was number two. And in some cases, no nobody of the opposite sex well no no distractions no distractions none of that adnan was not to have any girls like in or around his life at all really at all in any way shape or form so obviously you know this made having a girlfriend a little bit more difficult like a lot teenagers are resourceful though you know they had plenty of ways to keep things hidden there was one thing that was mentioned in serial that so, back in the 90s, for all of you little, like, babies we've got listening, mm-hmm. you could call on your landlines, like, 1-800-WEATHER or, like, information, whatever. Wasn't there, like, a time, mm-hmm. time and date one? It literally said it's Tuesday, May 2nd <laughs> yeah. at 8.02 right. or whatever. <laughs> so, what they would do is they had pagers. Cell phones weren't, like, all that uh, you had to basically be a bajillionaire to have a cell phone. <laughs> I had a pager, you guys. It was green. I loved it. Ah, they looked really cool. Styling. So, it was stupid. <laughs> so that was dumb. One of the two would page the, I was almost said text, <laughs> would page the other one and be like, hey, the coast is clear. They had like code words because you could only do like phrases, right? Essentially on the pager. Okay, that's what I thought. Because it had a miniature screen like think paper clip width yeah and it was <laughs> I, I don't even know what the display was made of but it had like the like analog letters yeah like you see from numbers like the on Nokia. like the stove yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> that so, was my jam girl <laughs> it was theirs as well so they would page the other one and be like hey coast is clear so the one who was like i'm gonna we're gonna have a phone call that person would call, like, 1-800-WEATHER or whatever. The other person would call while they're on the phone so the phone wouldn't ring. It would come through call waiting. So there was no alerting anybody in the house that the phone was ringing. Because Adnan's mom, like, listened to his phone calls. Like, she was very – she would check the mileage on his car to make sure he didn't drive. Because she – I mean, she knew that, like – He was doing things he shouldn't have been. In my opinion, he was being a normal teenager. But, you know, they had different ways that they wanted their children to grow up. And that is their right. It's just kind of unfortunate because it it led to a lot of lying in this kind of situation. And a lot of sneaking around. Yeah. Which I feel is used against them later. It really (laughs) is. But by all accounts, you know, like this was like the norm for a lot of these kids Adnan's best friend shared his own experience of what it was like having to essentially live a double life as a teenager which that had to have been hard I mean granted I'm I'm my parents are not immigrants right so I don't have that caveat but there were plenty of I'm sleeping over at Julie's Julie's sleeping over at mine (laughs) we're in a field drinking natty ice or whatever 
We didn't go to those links, but <laughs> I sh- wasn't. We sure did have pagers. <laughs> I wasn't really watched that often. I didn't oh. really do much because I didn't want to get into trouble. I eventually did once I got into high school. I mean, but, I had anxiety the whole time about yeah. it, but what you but once do? I realized that, like, oh, my mom's not paying attention to what I'm doing. Guess I can do whatever right. I want, Woo! and I sure mm. did. <laughs> no, no. Um. So over time. The lying sort of seemed to start to wear on Hay, and then the homecoming dance happened. Adnan's parents found out about his plans for the night and decided to make an appearance at the dance. Oh, and what an appearance they made. I am already disturbed. I'm mortified on behalf of... of embarrassment. Yes. Like, <laughs> I would just sweat and cry and run screaming, probably. Yes. <laughs> um, so his parents were pissed, duh. Uh, and they made a whole ass scene. Mm-hmm. Hay was absolutely mortified, and she rushed out of there flanked by her friends. She broke up with him, and that lasted for about a month, which uh, allegedly this was not an uncommon occurrence in their relationship. They would often break up and make up pretty frequently. There was one excerpt from her diary where she was like, uh, something like, I'm going to pick a fight today because I'm in a bad mood or Adnan's annoying me kind of thing. So, I mean, they were teenagers. They were moody fucking teenagers. So, like, I feel Feeling like dangerous. that's Look just find out. I feel like that's just how it was in high school. Like, oh. Girl, when I think of some of the things people fought about, I'm just like, oh, my gosh. Oh, what a waste of energy. Right. What's <laughs> hair. Anyways, by December 3rd, Hay was head over heels in love with Adnan again. However, just three days later, that all seemed to change again. So on the 3rd, she wrote in her diary about Adnan, quote, This feels so real, so loving, and ever so amazing. I can't be any happier, but yet I keep on being happier. Cute? Okay. I love it. On the 6th, she said, quote, What's the matter with me? Every time I close my eyes, I see my baby, but I keep on thinking about someone else. Hmm. Mm, I don't know. Hay had a crush on a 20-year-old man named Don Mm. that she worked with at Lens Crafters. Don. That name. Yeah. Don. Yeah. I don't particularly care for it myself. It took a couple more weeks, but Hay officially ended her relationship with Adnan By the end of the year, I think by Christmas for sure. Um, Either way, a couple days into the new year, she actually had her first date with Dawn. First official. The first official date. And the two became a couple that same evening. So while Adnan may have been heartbroken initially, that didn't seem to last too long, according to a lot of his friends. His best friend said that he had moved on and was dating multiple girls within a few months of them breaking up. How do you even get people learned on that new system (laughs) of calling and call waiting? One of the girls lived in Philly, I think. He was a football player and played sports himself. So I wonder if he like met girls while they were like out of town. By all accounts, Hmm. he was quite the player. And, uh... If you were to ask Adnan himself how he felt about the breakup, he said, quote, it was never a thing where I was like pestering her or like going to her house and knocking on the door, chasing her down. Look, I want to get back with you. I want to get back with you. Because a part, there was a part of me that knew that what she said made sense. Now, granted, 
this was a recollection of his from over a decade after the fact. So, mm. you know, take that with a grain of salt. Well, yeah, take it all with a grain of salt. Yeah, as, honestly. As per <laughs> usual, you know. So let's jump ahead. Here we are, January 13th, 1999. This is when the unthinkable happens. Hay goes missing. From all accounts, Hay was incredibly responsible, so it was quite strange that she never arrived on scene to pick up her younger cousin from daycare that day. She was last seen leaving school in her 1998 Nissan Sentra around 2.15 p.m. like normal. Law enforcement was involved right away and began contacting her friends, hoping that they could just locate her. Maybe it was missed phone call or missed mm-hmm. phone message, miscommunication, Well, and she was a teenager with her own car, so I mean, right. you know. You never know. I feel like you have to treat it as a missing person, but also maybe with the understanding that, like, maybe they just didn't want to. Right. Didn't want to pick up a kid from daycare yeah. or whatever. Um. Debbie Warren, who was a friend of Hayes, thought she might have been with Don since she had mentioned her plans to meet up with him after school. Krista Myers was a close friend to both Hay and Adnan. She recalled seeing Adnan, at least she was pretty sure it was him, asking Hay for a ride after school the day that she went missing. Krista just recalled that she remembered somebody asking Hay. She was pretty sure it was Adnan, is like loosely what she said. Pretty sure. Right. <laughs> um, Becky Walker, who was another classmate slash friend, also remembered Adnan asking Hay for a ride. There was definitely talk about it. However, according to police notes from her interview, the interaction went like Adnan asked Hay to take him to pick up his car at the garage. This happened before lunchtime. And then, quote, Hay said she could. There would be no problem. At the end of school, I saw them. She said, oh, no, I can't take you. I have something else to do. She didn't say what else. Approximately 2.20 p.m. He said, okay, I'll just ask someone else. And he said goodbye, end quote. Becky did not see Hay after that point. So that's really interesting. Kind of makes you wonder. Hmm. So at this point, you know, police noticed the the name of Hay's ex-boyfriend kind of popping up a lot during their interviews and their questionings and their whatnots. So they went to have a chat. Adnan told police that he hadn't seen Hay since school let out that day. So he completely laid out like his timeline for the day. First, Adnan went to his photography and English classes for the day. Then he called his friend Jay Wild. Mm. Put a pin in this guy because he becomes a huge player later. Mm. Next, Adnan leaves school to have lunch with Jay or do whatever, you know, they're doing. Then Jay drops him back off at school. So Adnan actually arrived to his psychology class late. The start time was 1250. The teacher notated that he did not show up until 127. So not only was he late, he was like, whoa. That's like quite a discrepancy of time. Um, after classes, Adnan went to the Woodlawn Public Library to check his email. There he happened to run into and wound up chatting with his friend Asia McLean. After that, he went to track practice. Then Jay picked him up after practice and the two of them went to a friend's house. While there, this is when Officer Scott Adcock called Adnan and he was asking him if he knew where Hay was. And this is kind of when this whole conversation went down. Adnan told the officer that he was supposed to get a ride from Hay, but that didn't end up happening. After that, Adnan left his friend's house. He picked up some food and went to go meet his dad at the mosque for evening prayers. 
So the investigation continued, but it was obviously an uphill battle. They literally had nothing to work with. Yeah. It was almost as if she vanished. Right. Just poof. Mm -hmm. Um, Over the next two weeks, the police stayed in touch with both Dawn and Adnan. They conducted searches and interviews. Don had an alibi for the night in question. He was actually working a shift at Lens Crafters. The manager did vouch for him on that front. When police checked out Adnan's story, however, they found that it just led to even more questions. They talked to the track coach, but he couldn't say with absolute certainty if Adnan was there that day or not. They don't take attendance or have a sign-in sheet or literally anything. Which seems weird. I don't know. I didn't do sports in high school. So I mean, I, don't know. I did. We didn't really have like a sign in sheet, but the coaches would go down the roster. If somebody was missing, that would be cause for concern at my school. You would think. <laughs> at least a little bit of concern, you know what I mean? But even just a, in anger, like, Way to blow where it is off, this dude? Jerk-turd. Why aren't you at practice? I don't know. By early February, they still hadn't found hay. On the 6th, Police conduct a dog-led search around the high school, but that came up empty. Then on the 8th, they began checking Hayes' computer and other electronics, also empty. Then on the 9th, things kind of take a turn. Because this is when Hayes' body was discovered in Lincoln Park by a man known as Mr. S. This is what he was referred to in Serial. I'm just going to continue with that. Just felt like the right thing to do. He was a maintenance worker and an alcoholic with an inclination for streaking. Just winning all around Mm -hmm. on all fronts. Now, apparently this man was drinking a beer while driving back to his job. He said it was a giant, like, 20-ounce Budweiser. Yeah, like a pounder or something. (laughs) It was like a comically large Cool, cool, cool. You're like, oh, no. A, on the clock. B, driving a car. We do not condone any Mm, of these activities. This is a bad thing all rolled into one (laughs) big giant blob. Not great. And then... He has, you know, the habit of streaking and indecent exposure and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. So he was drinking his beer, driving back to work, <laughs> and he needed to pee, like, really bad. Like, so bad. Out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, he just couldn't wait until he arrived at his destination. He said, quote, I had to go to the bathroom, so I pulled over. And I went further in the woods so no one can see me. I walked around through the bushes and everything, and I got back that way. And I was getting ready to urinate. When I looked down, I seen something that looked like hair. Something was covered by the dirt. And I looked real good again, and that's when I'd seen what looked like a foot. Yikes. <sighs> right? Bum, bum, bum. I have questions, Mr. S. So, as it turns out, <laughs> did the police. <laughs> because naturally, if you're getting a weird feeling about all of this, so did the police, so did we. Mm-hmm. Mr. S immediately became a suspect. He did have a record, and it seemed really suspicious to police that he had walked as far into the park as he had just to quickly take a pee, Mm -hmm. especially given that he liked to flash things around and about. To me, that's what was odd. In the the podcast serial, Sarah Koenig and a couple other people go to Lincoln Park, Mm -hmm. and they go approximately as far back. Like, they had a map of where, like, this was. That seems like a long way. They said that they were surprised at how close to the road it still was. Yeah. Um, You know, it's February. It's winter in Maryland. They have a similar climate to us. Right. So, I mean, not a lot of 
thick trees or shrubbery or anything like that. So, I mean, they made it seem, obviously, we weren't there. We don't know. No, for sure. But they made it seem as if, I think the way she said it was like, you'd want to come at least this far in if you want to go to the bathroom. I mean, I would want to stop and use the toilet. I would have peed at home. He was just at home. That's the thing, guys, is that he left work to go home to pick up some piece of equipment, grab the beer, didn't pee, got in the truck. I mean. And had to pee. Like. Those Budweiser's do make you have to pee. (laughs) So the path that he says that he took doesn't naturally lead to where he ended up. So none of his story really makes any dang sense, especially when you consider the fact that Hay's body was pretty much nearly impossible to spot. This part. Right. It was completely camouflaged. How was this random man able to, quote unquote, just notice that it was there? He just seen it. He's just seen it. Um, according to Philip Budemeyer's testimony, who was the city surveyor at the time, quote, when I arrived at the site where the body was, there was a log on the ground approximately 40 feet long. I stepped over the log. I walked along the edge of the log, expecting to find the body real soon. I never saw one, at which time I had taken one more step. I would have walked, um, on the grave site where the body was. The detective pointed out the site. I looked down at the ground and I said, I don't see any body. It wasn't freshly disturbed. It just blended in with the natural surroundings of the ground, end quote. When you, if you look at pictures, like the photos and evidence and things, like it's completely covered. I don't know how he saw it. Maybe he peed first and asked questions later. (laughs) I don't think he had to pee at all, Mm. is my opinion. Mm. I don't know. There's a lot about this case that I can't quite put my finger on, and I'm very undecided about where I sit on the fence of this. But again, all of this evidence that we have discussed so far does not get me on the same track that the police are heading towards. Yeah. At the very least. I definitely would agree with that statement, for sure. Mr. S doesn't sit right with me. Mm -mm. There's just something about it. I don't like it. I don't like it. Although, I will say that there, one of his family members were reached out to by the the makers of cereal, and they basically, the I think it was like his brother or something. He's like, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he was like in the woods streaking, and they're like, oh. and then I think it was Sarah herself. She was like, he allegedly was drinking a beer and had to pee. And the brother was like, that also sounds right. So I mean, who knows? Dear Lord, that's the thing about this whole story, is that. Every, like, piece of quote-unquote evidence can be spun pretty much to fit whatever narrative you're trying to make it fit. Right. That's why, like, it. I agree with you, though. Like, I definitely feel like you haven't proved anything to me yet. Right. One way or another. I just know that someone tragically lost their life. Yeah. There's a lot of weird shenanigans around surrounding this death, but, like, nothing yeah. that's concrete like, ooh, he did it. Oh, and it's only going to get worse, folks. So much worse. (laughs) So, with Hayes' discovery, you know, we find out her cause of death. Manual strangulation. In case you weren't sure what exactly that means, it means that somebody did this to her with their bare hands. Bare hands, though. So, despite this, the police still struggled to figure out who did this and why. As is tradition with most cases like this, law enforcement set up a tip line. It's kind of like a go-to move. 
On February 12th, investigators received two anonymous phone calls, telling them specifically to focus on Adnan. Hmm. Per the reports, the caller was an Asian male between 18 to 21 years old. Hmm. I don't know how they know that. that. They have a lot of voice specializing people yeah, and stuff like fair. that who can analyze that stuff within an inch of its life. That's you know what I mean? very fascinating to I, me. I can't imagine it because I... Granted, I can hear some accents and stuff, but not really. Yeah. <laughs> not like that. Not enough to be able to determine... Be specifically mm-hmm. like it was an Asian Well, my thing isn't even so much that part of it. For me, it's the age. That's so <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's what makes slang? me curious. Did he just sound young? Like, yeah. I'm How so... do you determine that? I want to know the criteria that, that you have to check on. That is my brainwave power. <laughs> yeah, that's right. for sure. I should Google it. Mm-hmm. I wonder if the answer's on the internet. I'm sure we'll find it. So Detective Ritz is the one who took the phone calls, and he later testified about them. So he said, quote, the call further advised that the boyfriend has taken to has taken the victim to Lincoln Park on past occasions for sexual encounters, which apparently wasn't that hard to believe because they were teenagers who had to hide their relationship. Well, I'm sure they were having sex in all sorts of random not places. Not only did they have to hide their relationship, you want to have the whole sex part hidden right. also. <laughs> As it is, just, just by just default. Just in general, <laughs> just saying. Yeah. So he said prior to conducting the phone interview, the call further... The caller further stated that the victim broke off the relationship with her boyfriend about a week before she was reported missing, which also seems incorrect and inaccurate, but nobody's really clear on when Hay and Adnan actually truly broke up. I think that's just further muddied by the off and on nature mm-hmm. of their relationship. You never really know when the, when the actual ending was versus mm-hmm. like... A breakup, makeup situation. If you, you know? had to surmise it from the diary, it appears as if she had broken up with him before, before Christmas. Christmas, which would be about two weeks, maybe Ish. maybe mm-hmm. like three, yeah, like maybe. So it's not completely out of the realm of possibility that this caller was correct. I guess I don't know. Like you said, it's just another muddy situation that we've got here. Mm-hmm. So that was the first call. The second one was made by the same person, which I didn't actually know until digging into this huh. for ourselves. Um, apparently, he had forgotten to tell the officer that, <laughs> quote, about a year ago, the suspect informed a friend of his if he ever hurt his girlfriend, he would drive her car into a lake. How very specific. Uh, so, so specific. And how, how did that come in, up in conversation? Right. I don't think it did. Or would have. I've made comments about driving my own car into a lake when I was having nothing but problem after problem after problem. I mean, I say that about my phone is going in the lake (laughs) all the time. I used to make a joke that I was going to hire somebody who had nothing to lose to drive my car into a lake so I could get the insurance money. (laughs) Put a cinder block on the accelerator and be like, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened, guys. So, at any rate, on the 16th of February, law enforcement actually subpoena Adnan's cell phone records. There were 34 phone calls that day, and police dug into figuring out who all of these numbers belonged to. One number belonged to an 18-year-old named Jennifer Pusteri. She's a friend of Jay's and was called six times, many more than any of the other numbers. So, here's the thing about Jennifer. 
She's not actually friends with Adnan. She's friends with Jay. Hmm. So police tracked her down and asked her to come with them to the station. She refused because she was busy. She was too busy. Maybe later, she says. (laughs) Immediately after, Jen hauls ass to talk to Jay. He was working, but she did not give a fuck. She told him what went down and asked him how she should handle it. He basically told her to be as tight-lipped as she could, keep herself out of trouble, and send the police his way. So the next day, she sits down with detectives for a formal interview, through which she just lies her freaking face off. Mm -hmm. The day after that, she goes back, but with an attorney in tow. Interesting. I wonder why. (laughs) Guilty or guilty. (laughs) All right, so let's backtrack just a little bit, and let's talk about Jay Wilds. This motherfucker. Hmm. He was friends with Adnan, kind of, sort of. They would smoke together and just kind of hang out. They weren't besties or anything, but they were certainly more than acquaintances. Uh, Jay was selling pot, so he would go and buy his shit. They would hang out. I think that's... And I think they knew each other from school, right? Because Jay... If I remember correctly, Jay graduated like a year or two before them. Before them, mm-hmm. yeah. So, you know, not somebody who is like completely unfamiliar with the everyday life of Adnan. Right. Is kind of the point I was trying to make. Now, we know that according to Adnan, he and Jay were in fact hanging out the day Hay went missing. After hearing what Jen had told the police, they went directly to Jay. On February 27th, they sit him down for some questioning. According to Jay, the day before Hay went missing, he and Adnan went shopping, during which Adnan was venting about Hay's new man. At some point in the conversation, Adnan allegedly tells Jay that he's going to kill that bitch, referring to Hay. This didn't raise a red flag to Jay, however. He just thought that his friend was frustrated. He was just kind of going off about it cool okay whatever i guess stuff happens people say things they don't mean again, when you're frustrated hormonal upset, teenagers especially when you're a teenager mm-hmm. yeah everything is the worst thing it's ever been or the best thing it's ever been it's just weird because <laughs> it doesn't really line up with what he said about or what hayes diary even said about any of it i feel like i don't know i just feel like she wrote everything every other detail of her life in there i feel like if Adnan was being in any kind of way towards her, especially threatening or aggressive. You'd think she would have noted that. Did this kind of and thing. like did, did this just come out of nowhere? Right. Like just couldn't get my words out for a second. <laughs> that <laughs> happens very upset. to me. <laughs> I don't know. It's just it's interesting, and this is kind of what we're gonna see with Jay Wilds. Is Again, that... it just everything that he says from here forward just leaves me with more questions mm-hmm. than answers. Yes, it doesn't matter what it is. It's inconsistent at best. Uh, If that, yeah. Mm -hmm. But all of it, I'm like, huh, but I have this question now that I didn't have before, so thanks for nothing. (laughs) Literally zero. (laughs) So here's what Jay tells the police. Mm. That on the 13th, Adnan tells Jay to take his car and cell phone after they were done hanging out in the afternoon. That he would call Jay around three or so when he would need to be picked up again. Next thing Jay knows, he gets the call from Adnan around 3.40 that afternoon, and he heads out to meet him. When Jay got to wherever they were going, he gets out of his car, and then Adnan just kind of started saying, I did it. I did it. You don't fucking believe me. I did it. And then he allegedly opened the trunk 
and showed Jay Hayes' body. Hmm. Interesting. I think they met at a Best Buy. This all went down in a Best Buy parking mm. lot. I couldn't keep track because his story changed several yeah. times and I was looking through the police reports and I just couldn't. It was the police officer's handwritings yeah. too, so it was a little hard to tell. So for me, it was hard to like truly depict, so I didn't want to get too I read to it. I researched a lot. So much thing. So many things. <laughs> so many. I started to go crosswise. Yes. But I remember Best Buy because I was like, oh, yeah, Best Buy. <laughs> we Everybody had those. to go get their electronics at Best Buy. Right. I mean, we still do. I was going to say it's the choice. only one that we've, it's the only option we have now. <laughs> uh, so after Jay saw Hay's body, he and Adnan argued a bit back and forth. And then Adnan demanded that Jay follow him. Adnan was driving Hayes' car. They drove to a park-and-ride on Route 7, which is where they left Hayes' car for the afternoon, with her body in the trunk. Jay and Adnan go smoke, and then Jay takes him back to school. Around 6.45 that evening, Adnan calls Jay again for yet another ride, allegedly. He tells Jay to take him back to where they stashed the car. At some point during all of this shenanigans going down, Adnan gets a call from an officer alerting them to the missing persons report being filed. After this, Adnan demands that Jay help him bury Hayes' body. If he didn't, Adnan was going to report all of his drug dealings to the police with all the specifics. Jay had already had several run-ins with law enforcement as it was, so this is the only reason he complied. Hmm. <sighs> With this quote-unquote confession in mind, the police start their search for Hayes' car. They locate that around 4.30 a.m. on February 28th. Now, between Jay's account of what happened, Hayes' car being located, and the cell phone pings placing Adnan somewhere near Lincoln Park, the police had what they needed to execute an arrest, Hmm. which happened also on February 28th around 6 a.m., Literally an hour and a half after they found Hayes' car. Interesting how fast the wheels of justice turn when they want to. (laughs) Any other time that would have taken like eight days to get to that. (laughs) Literally that. Really? (laughs) So Adon was arrested and he was charged with kidnapping and first degree murder. He was also being charged as an adult despite being 17 years old. I also enjoy how 17 year olds are adults when it's convenient. Right, but not to, you know, vote or yeah. serve in the army or only if your parents sign off on you, I think. Yeah. Interesting. As we get into the trials next week, what we're going to see with Jay's testimony is the comp- is that it's the complete shining star of it's the prosecution. Like the keystone of everything. It's it, what holds 100%. this bitch up. 1000%. Mm-hmm. It's like the glue of their entire argument. Which is sad. The issue with that. And what makes it sad is that Jay tells several different versions of the story. Mm-hmm. And it sounds fucking rehearsed and it sounds as if they are leading him on. Like there's audio. You can listen to the, the police interview, like the third one that he did. And police are literally like, so you were at the Best Buy parking lot at this time, mm-hmm. right? And he's like, oh, Yeah. Or I just remembered. <laughs> yeah. Or I forgot since Whatever the last time I've we just talked. Been told. Insane. <laughs> to say. It's so ridiculous. But that is going to be what we get into next week. Yeah. Because that is a lot. If we mm-hmm. started that kind of stuff right now, it would take us way into the night. So my plan for next week is for us to break down 
like all of the testimonies. We're going to kind of, we're not going to be able to like detail out everything, but we want to give you guys kind of like the cliff notes versions of what's important from what was said. We're going to go through some of the evidence. There wasn't a lot of physical evidence in this case. The prosecution makes a weak argument to an extent. In fact, there's actually really no physical evidence until like, never mind. But that's a perfect, (laughs) yeah. We've got a story for you next week. For sure. Today was mostly about laying the groundwork of the case. Next week, we're going to get into the meat of everything. There's a lot. There really is. (laughs) There really, really is. But as we've, you know, you guys already know by now, the trial and like the legal proceedings is what really is like what's fascinating to us personally. you know, the talking about murder part is an unfortunate byproduct to get to that part. So right. I'm excited to be able to get into a trial and talk about it because it's... I have lots of thoughts for It's a wild week. one. <laughs> so where, we, where we're at right now, do you think Adnan's guilty? No. Do you have a reason why? I'm just curious. You don't have to share it if you don't want to. I don't trust Jay Wilds any farther than I could pick him up and hurl him. And that's not very far. (laughs) Same. And if I were a law enforcement officer, I would want to find more than just the word of him. Yeah. Trying to stay out of trouble Mm -hmm. to base my case off of. I also don't trust um, the friend. I don't trust the Mm -hmm. the Jennifer Mm -hmm. in this situation. I don't like that she ran to him. First. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm busy. Mm-hmm. Gotta talk to you guys Her later. Drives right over to CJ. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's just like with the Mr. S thing. Like, there's nothing about this case that really sits right with me. None of it. And what makes me upset about it is that it makes it feel as if justice wasn't found for Hay. And that ultimately is the the biggest crime of the whole situation. Absolutely. <sighs> Lots to talk about next time. Girl, (laughs) So thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. We super appreciate your time and, like, your support and just you hanging out. We really appreciate it. We love it. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Make sure you guys are checking out the podcast on the social media. Every Friday we post a sneak peek of what case and cocktail we're going to be making. We make sure to give you guys the ingredient list so that way if you'd like to follow along while Suze mixes up a cocktail for us, you can sip the same one. You'll know what you need ahead of time. We just like to be prepared. We also wind up posting a how-to video and the full recipe once the episode has been launched. You can catch us on Instagram and Facebook at Crime and Spirits Pod. On Twitter, you can find us at Crime Spirits Pod. If you want to follow us personally, we are on Instagram. I am at Suze, not Susan. And I'm Bree, B-R-E-E underscore, not the G's. Yeah. So if you guys like what we do, and we hope you do, please head over to Apple Podcasts or whatever your favorite streaming service is. And if you could just leave us a rating and review, that would go such a long way. Uh, We do want to hear from you, and we appreciate any feedback. We do have an email address. If you have any case recommendations or drink ideas you'd like us to try, if you're interested in becoming a monthly supporter of our podcast, all you must do is smash that (laughs) link in the show notes. But no pressure. No. We love you either way. We do. Forever and always. Before we go, we've got our corny joke. Yeah. I couldn't find my phone for a second, so you're going to have to give me a second Shake to find it. Shake off the heebie-jeebies <laughs> and stuff. Ugh. This, cases like this, too, that there's just so much to, like, be mad about. It's true. I All was right. mad doing the research, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, are you ready? Yes. 
Why did Karen press Control-Alt-Delete? Oh, why did Karen do that? Because she wanted to see the task manager. Oh, my God. Bye. (laughs) Karen. Karen, I can't with you. Bree, I can't with you either. (laughs) Sometimes it takes me a long time to find uh, a joke, and then other times I'm like, ooh, Suze is going to hate this one. (laughs) It's true. Oh, Karen. All right, guys. Thank you so much for being here. We appreciate you hanging out. Make sure you guys are taking care of yourselves. We're enjoying our alcoholic beverages responsibly. We're not getting behind the wheel of the car. We're not going to go pee in the woods where everybody can see you. That's indecent exposure. Also, maybe don't drink a beer on your way back to your job. No drinking and driving is the moral of the story here. Don't do it. Stay home. Hang out. Listen to more of our episodes. Order some food. Drink a glass of water. We love and appreciate you, and we hope that you have the best rest of your day. Absolutely. Bye. Bye.